Bert Scalzo here with Matt Howell. And this week on the first round, Matt, Madam Web breaks a Sony MCU record, but not one of the good ones. Could the critics be wrong and simply just unable to appreciate a fun action film? Just turn your brain off, Matt, and have fun with it. Don't take things to bah. Don't take things so goddamn seriously. Or is it just another example of go woke, go broke? We got a whole bunch of ladies, Matt. Leading the charge, we need some bros. They can't just be the bad guys. Men aren't the bad guys, Matt, all the time, all right? Maybe Dakota Johnson can finally cross the Tatum line for me as well. <laughs> then his potential welcome respite, respite, respite. Man, I'm really nailing this intro. <laughs> We're going to go ahead and partake in some fine, elegant filmmaking with Ricky O, the story of Ricky. After a decade, Matt, of me trying to catch up with this film, I realized it was on the Criterion channel. And uh, it's time for some Chinese martial arts splatterfest. Was it worth the wait? That is going to be the head-crushing review of the big releases on physical media featuring your streaming and straight-to-DVD picks of the week. And Matt and I are going to close out the show with a dreamy round of everyone's favorite role-playing game, Houdat. So buckle up, become one with the web of life, and settle in for another spine-tingling episode of the first run. I'm leaving that, that's right, I'm leaving that intro in. That's how angry I am about Matt. I don't want to even give it a respect of a decent introduction. <laughs> Let's try that again. A week ago, I spent my life racing against time. I'm gonna help you out today, okay? Trying to save people who were running out of it. Jackie! Until one moment changed everything. Come on! Welcome back to the land of the living. I don't understand what's happening. I've been having visions. I knew he was gonna die. I think I'm seeing the future. All right, Matt, I'm gonna just walk out of the room. Probably make a lunch, do something for a while. I don't know. You wanna talk briefly about what Madam Web is all about? Do you want me to just do the whole thing? Just, Maybe. Uh, yeah. It won't be a long discussion. You won't have time to really make lunch. Damn it. All right, what's <laughs> Madam Web all about? Let's get this open. Rip off the band aid. Go. Yeah, so um, there's this concept in the Spider-Man comics of uh, like a web of fate kind of thing. And you see that in good result with uh, the Spider-Verse films. But essentially what this is, is a young scientist travels deep into the Amazonian jungle looking, or yeah, this Peruvian Amazon? Yeah, the Amazonian jungle looking for a mythical matter. spider for some reason. Um, and she's killed... But she's rescued by uh, mythical Spider-Men, which, awful. And then uh, she gives birth, because she was pregnant at the time. And her daughter, Dakota Johnson's character, grows up with being able to see and possibly change the future. Okay. Fair enough. I mean, that's basically what it is. It is what it is. It is. That's, that's a good phrase, too. It is what it is. <laughs> Man, is it time to just to call it on these Spider-Man expansion films? Do we just need to? I know we got Craven coming up later on in the year as well, but I mean that doesn't. Are we done either? Yeah, we should have been. We should have been done a long time ago. Venom is not good. Morbius is it? Is this? Well, that's a question for you. Is this worse than Morbius, which we'll get into in a moment? But mm. uh, yeah, none of these have been good films. So I appreciate the Spider-Verse films, but. Uh, Man, I wish Tony would just give it a rest already. Man, I, I know they got to milk this puppy for all they can, but I just... Uh, 
it's one of those films too when I, I, I watch it and I, I, I talk to Matt and I'm like, Matt, we should be screenwriters. <laughs> I, yeah. if, if we can get this guy, right, this Matt Sasman and Burke Sharpless, which I don't even think are real names. I feel like it made me wonder this film was like entirely the first AI generated movie. I was mm. looking for like six fingered hands and sure. stuff all the way through. I mean, it's that bad to me, but the script, the dialogue, the story, it's all just horrible. So these gentlemen, here's their, what they're best known for, right? Dracula Untold, mm-hmm. which I'll confess I have not seen, nor have I seen The Last Witch Hunter. Okay. But they wrote Gods of Egypt, mm-hmm. which is one of the worst films I've seen. Yeah. And of course they wrote, uh, it's Mormon time. They wrote Morbius. <laughs> and I, I don't know. Is there a welfare to work program with with the Hollywood screen? I I don't understand how these things keep getting made. Then that they're this bad, right? It makes you wonder how bad the the Bat Girl film was if they shelved that. And they and no, granted, it's a different studio, but yeah, I think that's an entirely you got Zaglov is a is a like a reality TV show like hedge fundy kind of guy. So all mm-hmm. he looks at is 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 bottom line and dollars and cents. He doesn't give a lick about creative artistic content he's a money guy so if they can write it off and say it costs 60 million to make and we could sell it for 80 but um with some creative accounting i can get like a 90 million dollar write-off and that's what i'm gonna do and that's what he does yeah but how bad did it have to be if it didn't see the light of day i don't think it's got anything to do with it i i totally do i think if it was a good movie that it probably would have released it if they thought I could have made money. I think he looked at it, thought, oh, that's okay. But, well, how much is it going to make? 80? And I can get a tax write off for 90? Like, what's the audience for this? Does anybody really care? And I, because the problem is, I don't trust that guy's perception of artistic merit. That's mm. the issue. So if he thinks it's that bad, how would we know? I, I can't trust him. Supposedly, that Coyote movie, that Acme vs. Coyote, was actually supposed to be pretty good. Mm hmm. And they got a bunch of studio was were, were bidding for it, and they got a reasonable amount. And they said, "Yeah, you know what? No, we're gonna go for the write-off instead." Okay. So I, I don't know. Let's not talk about that. Let's talk about how wonderful Madam Web is. Now here, Dakota Fanning. Right. I don't understand. Not Dakota. Not Fanning. Fanning. Not, I have Fanning in my notes, but no, it's Dakota Johnson. I wrote yes. Fanning in my notes. I apologize, Dakota Fanning. Though you were again horrible in that uh, Equalizer <laughs> three, but I don't blame you. That's just a disaster. <laughs> Ooh, is this worse than Equalizer 3? Yes. I'm going to say yes. Mm-hmm. So, Dakota Johnson, who I've seen her, I think, good in one thing for, so far, which is that Suspiria reboot, that remake mm-hmm. of Suspiria. Right. And I wonder if she's like a Wahlberg, where she requires a good director to kind of get her through the filming of these movies. Or are you in the camp, Matt, maybe, where some people are? Is that, well... You know, she knows it's bad, so she's having a fun winking performance all the way through. I got no self-awareness from her in this thing whatsoever. Yeah, I, well, I did get some self-awareness from her through this, but the problem with Dakota Johnson, and I think the only reason that she's she's good in Suspiria is because in Suspiria, that kind of natural blankness that she has, that inability to emote beyond just boredom works for that film because that seems to be what you're going for everything else i've ever seen her in i've shown she shows like no normal human emotions at all it makes me completely wonder if she's even capable of doing it 
Uh, maybe she's AI, AI, AI. Maybe she doesn't even exist. <laughs> it's like with Kristen Stewart, right? So she got a hard time for Twilight. Right. And then I saw her in Personal Shopper. And I'm like, all right, that's a director that knows how to harness this woman's talents. Sure. And since then, I've actually enjoyed her in a bunch of stuff. I think, I don't know if something just clicked in her. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe it's a Principal Skinner thing. Admit that it's that it could it be me? No, no, it's the kids that are wrong, right? right? No, maybe it is though me. I don't, I don't know. I just, she is just. I am independent of Suspiria, right? I don't think I have seen her in anything that I've been even remotely impressed by. I'm pulling up her filmography, but what about you? Do you have anything for that I like of hers? Chacha um, real smooth was okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I she actually was the first time I ever saw her. She was in a sitcom that I liked called Ben and Kate that I she was actually pretty funny in. Peter Butter Falcon wasn't bad, but I don't know. If she, I can't remember her in it at all. I don't think it was. Because, I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I, I no. I I know a lot of people like uh, Bad Times at the El Royale. That's. Uh, and then I just, you know, a part of it too, I haven't seen a lot of stuff she's been in too. I guess maybe that's part of it. I don't know. Maybe. I haven't seen any of the Fifty Shades films because we have a strict uh, no fat policy on this show. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. She's in the social network. Is she? I don't yeah. remember that at all. Yeah. It must have been a very Ritter. tiny part. Yeah. It, it doesn't matter. I don't know. So she clearly hasn't crossed the Tatum line for me as of yet. But all right. So. Let's reset again. Let me get back to Matt Solomon and Burke Sharpless. Again, not real names, not real people. It makes me want to bring back the blacklist as well. Mm-hmm. Maybe the maybe the reactionary right was correct about this stuff. And they're just some people who should be banned from working for we don't want to release some of their ideas into the public in case they end up corrupting the the, the fragile psyche of the American populace. And I think too, I wonder, Matt, have we obtained <laughs> pure equity? Are we equality here? Because we finally have a major studio film featuring all women that is an absolute disaster, I think, from start to finish. <laughs> and it makes me think that, you know, maybe uh, things are finally even now where we can are finally they, say. We've hit an equilibrium. The scales are balanced a little bit. Exactly. Yeah. It's a dismal take, abysmal take of, of what, uh, $13 million over you know, the weekend or something? It was a uh, long weekend, by the way, with a bunch of kids being on, you know... Having no school for President's Day kind of thing. It's, it's 51.5 right now, but that's oh, okay. global, I assume. Okay. I yeah, know it, it did get be. beaten out by uh, Real Love, which I did not make Matt do right. because it's a biopic. And supposedly, from understand, it is, it's as rote as they come right. in regards to biopics. So. Well, thanks. That's that's. I don't uh, know if this is a, a worthy consolation prize. <laughs> not really. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing, I mean, obviously, beyond the bad acting, the bad beyond the bad writing, the cheesy effects and everything else, nothing really happens. This is not – you can complain about origin stories all you want for these films, but there's very little action in this action movie. Even the other three – you know, cast members or the, the other three principals who are supposed to become these spider people that you see in the trailers and stuff. None yeah. of that's in it. None of that's really in it. It's like, it's, it's, it's insane. 
Well, we have like, to sit, if Matt. If we're building a franchise, you got to. You don't want to rush into things like Zack Snyder and the DCU, right? Sure. You want to slowly, methodically, drip it out, right? Boringly <laughs> build it one Lego brick at a time, and maybe we when we're done with the film, we have got three, four bricks down, right? To build this gigantic potential franchise with mm-hmm. some of the uh, it people. Like Sydney Sweeney, you can't really get hotter than like her number right now, right? When it comes right. to female actresses or just actors in general. I can't believe going through that whole thing. We just get her Madam Webb's it is a Madam Webb, I guess, film, right? So we get her air quotes origin story. Right. They don't really even explain the web of life, right? It's not even is it mentioned in the film? It shows up, but yeah. I don't think they name drop it. I don't remember, unless I'd fall no. asleep at some point. But this and, is all boils down to why are they even making this film? Like, Madame Web is not a big popular character in the comics. It's because they're so woke, bro. They need to have the female superhero team. That's all they care about is they're promoting. Reaching. They're reaching. They just don't want to lose their Hollywood license. don't get it, man. <laughs> I can tell you that reading some of the reviews, especially like some film Twitter reviews of people that we've, you know, you know, they've had we've had on the show or we've we've talked to them. I'm like, I'm baffled by some of these people's. Like saying that it's you know it's a fun movie like you just no. I had it's just F, capital F U N fun. No, Marvels is like Citizen Kane compared to this thing. <laughs> is it what is the problem? Is it the fact is just this is the Spider Man? Is it shared universe? The the ancillary world surrounding him? Is it just mm-hmm. the, is the bench that weak? Yeah, I mean it's really hard. There's you really don't see them any other superhero franchise and i don't care who it is like i don't even think you could do this with superman or batman where you could make this kind of universe type thing where you use one singular character and everything that kind of branches off of him or her to completely make this broad mcu dceu type thing it's just not Mm. gonna work there's just not enough there no, and, and it, super excuse me, Spider-Man doesn't have. You could pull it off with Batman. There is enough in the Batman family. Or you could get a Nightwing film, I think, right? You could do a Robin film. You could do all that. You could have I, a But that's... I don't know about going into like Two-Face movie. It's bad enough we had that goddamn Joker movie and then the sequel coming. But you don't think yeah. so? You wouldn't want to see like a Nightwing film? I mean, I'd want to see a Nightwing film, but I wouldn't want it to be like I if you're trying to build, if you're trying to ape the MCU, right? I don't think you can say, it's like saying, okay, All right. MCU, here's, Iron Man is our, is our thing, right? And we're going to build everything off of Iron Man and that's what it's going to be. Like, you need those kind of big other, big characters. And I'm not saying you couldn't have a Nightwing film and stuff like that, but I would want to see it in a broader context. I would be more interested to see Nightwing and like Teen Titans and like how like a grown up Nightwing who's left the Teen Titans more than let's talk about him solely in the realm of Batman. That I just don't think that would work. Yeah, and you know, like you said, the problem is Sony has just the Spider Man property, so they right. don't have. I guess that's the answer. They don't have the bench that there is enough strong stuff there. If you have to rely on characters like Matt, like. Are we going to see like a speed racer? Not speeders. What was the the guy who rode the skateboard? Rocket racer? Oh yeah. Movie? Um. N- no. Uh. Yeah. There. There. God, what was that one? Stilt man going to show up in his own film? <laughs> Kite man. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um. Yeah. I. That's the thing. There's just not like you said. There's not enough a deep enough bench. Like literally, 
out of Spider-Man, you have Spider-Man, you know, obviously Miles and, and uh, Gwen are getting more popular, but besides Venom, I don't think anybody else in the, in the spider universe can carry their own film. I mean, I see the potentiality. Is that a word? The potential for a Craven film. Mm. I think that you could maybe do something with that if you set him up in his own world type of a thing. Um, but like a Doctor Octopus, I don't know. I yeah. wouldn't want to watch well, even a Doctor Octopus. Craven is weird to me because Craven was never popular. The only reason Craven is popular is because of. Craven's last hunt. But before that and after that, there's like nothing of Craven. Like there's yeah. just there's nothing to build off. There's just this one cool story. But he was never popular. And he's like, and that's all anybody knows is that last story of his. So I don't even know what this next movie is gonna be about. Like it doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. No, that's fair. What do you think too about the not just the shoehorning in of the Spider-Man stuff? But it's like the equivalent of the Kool-Aid man busting through the wall of the Spider-Man <laughs> stuff. So we have Ben Parker's in this. Mm-hmm. But I guess legally we can't mention Peter or May for some reason. That's, that's understand. also weird. Yeah, that's also super weird. And like why wasn't clear to me. So I, I'm assuming they're in some kind of multiverse. Like they're in some alternative universe where Spider-Man doesn't exist. Well, he's, so, he's a kid. He's the, yeah. uh, what's, what, what's her name? Mary's baby. But that's the thing. I mean, I guess... Remember, the movie takes place in 2003. Because remember, at one point, we drove past a blockbuster and other timely um, references of mm-hmm, 2003. Right, in 2003. Yeah, but that still doesn't make any sense because then you'd have three older Spider-Man characters. You know, I had to be quite honest with you. I don't even know who all three of them are supposed to be. Like, that... that nobody's heard of or like are not ever coming to play before, you know, your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man shows up. It is odd. I mean, yeah. I, I know spider woman, but that's just because of Marvel superheroes, the secret wars from the eighties, the comic mm-hmm. series where she first showed up in battle right. world. Right. When I should say spider woman, I think all three of them are technically spider women. Right. Yeah. And, and now I know, uh, uh, the, the one too, from, um, was that played by, or the one that's Maddie Franklin, the one that she, cause mm-hmm. she's in across the spider verse. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. But I didn't know, uh, Anya Corazon at all. If she mm-hmm. was, if she, if she's actually a spider woman from, uh, the comics. Yeah. But even like Julia Cornwall, like I don't, when I think spider woman, I don't think of her. I think of Jessica drew. Well, I think of Cornwall because well, I guess she's Julia Carpenter though. I think in, in the, in the, in the, in the secret wars. Yeah version but uh yeah jessica drew too but she was different too right she was a spy or something for i don't i, don't, I never got into the jessica drew thing i don't know <laughs> i've always let me just put this way i've always loved the black and white spider-man costume sure loved it sure that's what actually got me into spider-man was at the comic shop not even the comic shop it was the uh river like a convenience store near my house i walked in and i saw the all news costume and i'm like whoa that looks cool and that's yeah. started me on my it, run huh? there you go so what am i talking about madam webb matt I'm giving it an F. I just think it's not only is it poorly written, not only does it have an uninspired direction, but above all of its sins, the lackluster uh, uh, performances, the ham-fisted exposition, oh my God. Mm-hmm. The explanations of who everybody are. It's just, you know, it's just boring. It's right. boring. Yeah, I'm going to give it an F too. It is not good. It's it's really bad. And I knew 
this thing was going to be bad from like the first line that came out of this. I'm like, oh no, it's everything about it is just a misstep. I mean, they're going to the, the baby shower. They're going around guessing the kid's name. No, and we're not going to say it. Yeah. Or right. when he says, oh, I met a new girl. Oh, she must be special. He won't say her. Why? <laughs> Can they not? They literally, they legally, I'm assuming, can't say Peter or, or May. They can't do right. it. They didn't, though they weren't part of the sale for some reason. But they, no, because Peter Parker, it's, it's a joint thing. Right. He shows up in the, in the Across the Spider-Verse films. So why? Are we just so, so goddamn clever? Is that what it is, Matt? <laughs> Salomon and Burke Sharpless again not a real name uh. Madam Webb oh Jill Hennessy showed up though so that was fun I got to see Jill Hennessy I haven't seen her in a while my old Law and Order fan days mm-hmm. so I guess I got that out of this film I don't I don't know I don't know there I I think this is it this is Madam Webb's done I, I can't anticipate the the sequel the the reaction is not strong the box office stuff is not good. Give me more Marvels. Matt, uh, Madam Webb's currently playing in theaters. If you got a chance to see it, shoot us an email at feedback at thefirstrun.com. Let's not even, let's pull a Zaslav and just cancel Craven. I don't even want to put myself through this. I know you don't want to go through it. I don't either, no. But here we are. Matt, coming up with physical media. This past Tuesday, I was going through my notes and I realized I jumped a week ahead. So this is what I gave you what's coming up this last, this upcoming Tuesday last week. But for everybody else, this is what I forgot to tell you what's coming up this past week, this past Tuesday. And there's some interesting things, so I wanted to make sure I mentioned it. So uh, let's hear about those. Axel Foley? Billy, how you doing, man? I don't believe it. Look at your office. Look at this. You got three windows in here and Venetian blinds and a ficus. And a big, healthy ficus in your office. <laughs> Not just the ficus. Look. You got a refrigerator in your office? Man, J. Edgar Hoover didn't even have a refrigerator in his office. Just maybe some hair curlers in the dryer or something. <laughs> what, they promote you to captain or something? I'm D-D-O-J-S-I-O-C. The J.G. Jojo C? What is that? It stands for Deputy Director of Operations for Joint Systems Interdepartmental Operational Command. So, Matt, Beverly Hills Cop 3 is being released in 4K this past Tuesday, which would be, where was I, the 20th. Matt... You could buy all three as part of a box set, not a box set per se, but just a set on Amazon for like 34 bucks as of the recording of this show. And which bothers me because I bought the first one. Now I got it for like twelve ninety nine, and I bought the third one, which I got for 14 not, sorry, the second one, which I got for fourteen ninety nine. I like the second one probably the best. Tony Scott, Eddie Murphy, everything kind of come together. You get uh, uh, Brigitte Nielsen, just a great 80s kind of film. And that third film just did a complete misfire. But I would have been like, ah, oh, to get the whole set for 33 bucks, I would have pulled that trigger. But, alas, I got the first two. But you know what? I'm never going to watch the third one, so I, I'm not going to worry about it. You'll be fine. You'll but need it. it's still, it's coming out, folks. So there you go. What about, uh, what about this? Number five. So Criterion's new line, Giannis Contemporaries, is releasing a fire. Uh, it's a, um, I forgot to grab the transcription of it, Matt, or what the description of it. But it's by the director who did Phoenix. That great little World War II black and white drama we did a few years ago, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Christian Petzold. So this is his latest film. And uh, Matt and I both really enjoyed that one. So uh, I would suggest at least trying to check this one out from uh, Criterion. Four. 
lot of Criterion this week, too, or this past week. Nothing But a Man. The film starts a story of Duff Anderson, an African-American railroad worker in the early 60s who tries to maintain its respect in a racist small town near Birmingham, Alabama, after he marries a local preacher's daughter. Brand new 4K restoration approved by the director, Michael Romer. An introduction to uh, Michael Romer by a new interview program featuring him. Conversation from 2004 and more. What else, Matt? Ooh, ooh, you may be interested in this one. Get three coffins ready. Uh, The Heroic Trio and Executioners set both films from Criterion. The star power of cinema icons Maggie Chung, Anita Moi, and Michelle Yeoh fuel this gloriously unrestrained action joyrides from auteur Johnny Toe and action choreographer Ching Sui Tung. The Heroic Trio and its sequel, The Executioners, follow a new kind of Justice League, Matt, a team of blade-throwing, shotgun-toting, kung-fu-fighting heroines who join forces to battle evildoers in a dystopian, noirish city. 4K restorations of both films, though I think there are, this is a Blu-ray set. I don't believe it's 4K release. If I'm wrong, I apologize. Alternate 5.1 surround Cantonese and English dub soundtracks, new interviews, and more. I have not seen these, but I'm excited to check them out. So if I get them for a good price, I may pick them up. Are you familiar with The Heroic Trio or The Executioners? Uh, no, I'm not. I've not seen them. Okay. Well, you'll have to get on that, Mr. Martial Arts guy. I got mm-hmm. my, uh, uh, what did I get? My Inside Blu-ray from Second Sight from Viper Video and my uh, uh, High Tension 4K nice. from Viper Video from Second Sight. Oh, good. Lord, they look fantastic. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. I'm so happy. I'm such a lucky boy. Roy, are we? Uh, number two? We'll go with number two, right? That sounds good, right? That's good. Mm-hmm. The two Utes. Uh, uh, to what? Uh, uh, what was that word? MVD, Matt, is putting out the uh, parody of Star Wars Hardware Wars. You get a brand new 2K restoration of the original Cameron Negative. I can't not believe it. It's a uh, short film. Runs about, what, 12, 13 minutes. Have you ever seen Hardware Wars? I haven't, no. I've, I'm familiar with it, but I haven't seen it. It plays kind of like a trailer for okay. Star Wars, but it runs yeah. through the whole film. And okay. it's just, you can watch, honestly, you can watch it on YouTube right now. But um, it includes a whole bunch of uh, special features and a 2K restoration, like I said, supervised by the director. Audio commentaries by the uh, writer and director. It includes a director's cut, a prequel featurette, the foreign version, uh, and then a whole bunch of interviews, a Christmas featurette, and uh, a bunch of other stuff. So, But check it out. It's good, funny, dumb, dumb stuff from the uh, late 70s. And here, Matt, I may actually pick this up. There can be only one. Walmart has... Uh, actually, this shouldn't be number one. This should be a different one. Son of a gun, my numbering's off again. VHS, triple steelbook Blu-ray from Walmart. $35. You get VHS 94, 99, and 85. Oh, wow. That's a good deal. So you want to pick that up. And then your true number one, Matt, Shout Factory, is putting out in 4K. I have the Blu-ray, but from what I understand, it is not a great transfer. I think I bought it six years ago. Mm-hmm. Of course, I have not watched it. Uh, Dark Man being released by Sharp Fa- Shout Factory. Uh, they have a super duper special edition. They have a steelbook version. Uh, if you buy like the super edition, you get like a, a, a an enamel pin, a prism sticker, a retro prism sticker, a poster, a whole bunch of stuff. Or you can just get the basic 4K. They're also putting out the 4K and Blu-ray, and there's a steelbook, as I said. New audio commentary with uh, Josh Rubin. Uh, archival audio commentaries, new deleted scenes, which I'm kind of excited about as well, and a bunch of interviews, all archival, like Liam Neeson, Larry Duke, and more. But uh, I always love Darkman. I have not watched it in a long time. Are you a Darkman fan? Not a fan. I remember being extremely underwhelmed by it when I saw it when I was a kid, and I've not really changed my opinion as I've grown up the few times I've caught it since. Hmm. 
All right. I see how it's going to go. Fine. And then being released in 4K as well. We talked about uh, Beverly Hills Cop 3. Uh, the Last Castle, the uh, Robert Redford, um, was that Gandolfini? I think that's in that is being released in 4K. Leviathan from Kino Lorber. The, mm-hmm. uh, remember there was that Leviathan Deep Star 6. And then of course you had uh, uh, whatever the, uh, uh, the Abyss all came up kind of around the same time. I hadn't even seen The Abyss. Still haven't seen it. Um, I've been uh, watching that 4K cost, waiting for it to hit like 15 bucks. So when it does, I'll pull the trigger on that. It's been hovering around $24 for a mm-hmm. couple of weeks now. Uh, but Leviathan is the one with Peter Weller. And it's a brand new 4K restoration. You get Dolby Vision HDR and a brand new audio commentary is included as well. It's almost some archival features. I had the Shout Factory uh, Leviathan Blu-ray. So um, I don't know if I'll be upgrading the 4K on Leviathan. I think I'm probably good. I think. Steelbook Blu-rays as well. Matt, if you're a Steelbook fan, Paprika, the Satoshi Khan one, Train to Busan, Prisoners of the Ghost Land, Platoon, Brawl and Cell Block 99, and Children of the Corn, the 2020 version, all getting Steelbook 4K releases as well this past Tuesday. Matt, your straight to DVD pick of the week. It's a Troma original, Slashening, the final beginning. Five years after the Slashening, 22-year-old Madison Santangeli, 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 Santangeli. Sure. Moves to Brooklyn to start a new life in the wake of her father's suicide. Or alternatively, a timid woman traumatized by a brutal event in her past joins a support group that an unknown killer cuts a bloody path through. Matt, which would you be streaming this week? Available for streaming finally um, on a service that isn't widely subscribed to, but Oppenheimer, the latest from Christopher Nolan, that's getting all of the Oscar buzz and cleaned up at the BAFTAs, is available for your viewing pleasure on Peacock if you're one of the you know, half a dozen people who have Peacock. Very good. And uh, there was a tweet going around last week about how uh, the 28 days later, 28 weeks later, mm-hmm. that the Blu-rays are basically out of print and it's not streaming anywhere. Uh, I do have the DVDs and I did buy them digitally, but rumors are out there that Danny Boyle is currently remastering 28 days later right now. Oh, very nice. Because I know they're working on a, a new movie, right? 28 years later, I believe as uh, well. Uh, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I thought it was, it was a 28 months later. No, I think it's years. years. Oh, okay. And I think because we're we're chasing that right now, right? It's been a long time since that first film came out. Yeah, it's so. been a long time. Interesting. All right, Matt. Okay, let's keep rolling. It's been a few minutes talking about a film that a dear friend of the show, Ricky, told me about years ago. He's like, Chris, you have to watch this. This film is crazy. And I couldn't really get a copy of it anywhere. It's really mm-hmm. difficult to get a hold of. And it's been on the Criterion Channel since November of 2023. So uh, I figured that out. And let's talk about Ricky O, the story of Ricky. Read me that file. Yes, sir. Ricky Ho, age 21, blood type AB, parents unknown, brought up in an orphanage. Didn't do well in both primary and high school. He joined a music school to learn the flute, then disappeared when he was a senior. Disappeared for two years and was seen fighting with triad members on the streets. He's guilty of manslaughter and sentenced for that crime. The report also says Ricky Ho is extremely dangerous. That's it. That's it. Matt, Ricky Ho is currently streaming on Criterion Channel. It is a wonderful martial arts splatter fest. I guess is how I describe it. Wonderful. Wonderful. I've been meaning to watch it for over a decade. I'm not sure even what to say. Like, I feel this film is, like, review proof. <laughs> it's ridiculous. And it's all the more awesome for it. And I'm not even sure what to... So, all right. Ricky gets sent to jail for manslaughter. 
and he immediately catches the ire of the what the four bosses that mm-hmm. run the four wings of the prison. Right. As well as the warden's assistant or whatever, who's a bad guy. Of course, the warden's a bad guy. They're growing poppies to sell heroin in the prison as well. He becomes weirdly like upset and attached to an older guy who dies relatively quickly, even though he spends no time getting to know him. Like when I first watched him, oh, maybe this is his dad. And he's in the the prison to get a, help him get him out or whatever. Right. But no, he's just some random guy. Right. That he's upset is getting picked on or some bad stuff happens to him. And but it is just ultra violent, but it's very cartoonish in its violence and its gore and its blood. Everything is up to the top. The dials have been turned to twenty two. The volume, you know, everything is just insane, Matt. And you can go real bad real fast though if you kind of do something that crazy. But what about you? What are your thoughts on Ricky O? Have you seen this before? And uh, did it work for you? Yeah, I have not seen this before. I had heard of it. Um, it's yeah, what's not to work? I mean, it's a ridiculous, you know, I hesitate to say martial arts movie, but it is a fighting movie with crazy, uh, you know, gore effects, stuff that's just way, way over the top. If I had one complaint about it is I wish there was maybe, I wish there was more killing in that really running 90-minute uh, runtime. Um, there's some good stretches here where there's not fighting, so I feel like, Every time there's not fighting and like punching your fist through someone's torso on screen, that everybody should be looking like who's gonna get the next punch through the torso. Like I, <laughs> I feel like that there could not have been enough of that. And while there is a lot and it's very good, I, my only complaint is that I kind of wanted more of the craziness. I don't care about, you know, the interpersonal story. Come on. When is the first time that this film got on your uh, uh, your radar? Because for me. It would have been now. I'm really dating myself here. The uh, the Daily Show with Craig Kilborn. Okay. Because when they would do the five questions thing, they'd cut, intercut these little clips, and one yeah. of them was the guy crushing the guy's head. Right. And I'm like, right. what the hell is that? And that right. you know, and I don't think we even had the internet back at that point too. Or if we did, it was in its nascent phase. We're talking like sure. 2000, if not earlier. No, we would have had the internet by then. I remember having the internet in high school. Okay, but you're much younger than me. I'll have to look that up. Regardless, it wasn't as easy to find this stuff back then mm-hmm. as it is now. But that was right. the first time I'd I'd been exposed to this, and I wanted to track it down ever since. Okay, because it is a cult film, folks. So, uh, what about you? What was your first exposure? I think the first time I really heard of this film was when Ricky was talking about it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we have an old friend of ours who uh, he just was absolutely loved this film so mm-hmm. i'm glad i finally got to watch it so he uh okay we'll see now 98 okay all right kilborn no kilborn interviews stewart on 98 and 98 but when did the show actually start 96 through 98 okay. so it was the mid to late 90s all right so there you sense. go folks mm-hmm. but uh yeah it's i ugh. Lots of weird stuff and it's like I never <laughs> all the people, the the other inmates, when they're all standing around, always kind of just constantly moving their arms and pointing at things. <laughs> right. Which, which was weird. And I love that the uh the warden's assistant guy, whatever it is, the the warden holding on while the other warden's away. There's this massive like VHS porn collection behind him on his bookshelves. <laughs> and it's just a really it's just a crazy, out there, hyper violent. But I think Matt's right. 
that it I would maybe even inter- we needed a little more action. There are some long stretches of kind of standing around and talking and mm-hmm. and mischievous plan making. But all the characters, not all, but a lot of the characters are just a perfectly amount of us outsized, ridiculous. And the action scenes, too, are just crazy. Like one point where Ricky, like, what, reties his severed tendon in his forearm. <laughs> yes. I mean, lots of crazy stuff like that. And yeah. it, it is it is gory and gross, but it's so cartoonish that, you know, it's it isn't portrayed with any kind of realistic intensity where I think mm-hmm. it would be really disturbing for a lot of people. Right. But it is a splatter film. So you you, you got to go into that looking for expecting that. Now, I watched this in um, Mandarin on the Criterion channel, and I think that was a mistake. Yeah. Because I then rewatched it with the English dub, which is particularly bad. And I think that really enhances, I think, the enjoyment of the film. So if I'm going to yeah. tell you to watch this, which I'm going to, I'm giving Ricky an A. Mm-hmm watch it with the English dub. Yeah, so I know there's debate amongst Chris and I around what's more appropriate to watch something with subs or dubs, but I will go to my grave saying if you're watching any cheesy martial arts film, you have to watch it dubbed because that is like a good 50% of the charm of these films is just how bad those dubs are. And like, I can't imagine watching any Bruce Lee films you know, in their original, you know, uh, Mandarin or, or Cantonese, whatever they're in, and having it be and missing out on like the ridiculousness of those dubs because that's what makes them so fun. So yeah, I'm giving this an A, but yeah, I definitely, definitely watch the dub. Yeah, it's yeah, fantastic. I I don't know what else really to say about it. It's just mm-hmm. absolutely insane. And there is a, I guess, an unofficial sequel called Dint King Inside King, a.k.a. the story of Ricky Two or a super powerful man. And Fan <laughs> Sui Wong returns to the role. So nice. I don't know if that's way I have to track that one down now next. But, okay. uh, yeah, we need, like, a proper release here. I think there may be a Blu-ray that you can get here, but I don't know the P&Q. Uh, I don't know any of that stuff about it. But it is streaming right now on the Criterion channel. So uh, check it Very out, good. folks. Yeah. Just an email, feedback at thefirstrun.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts on Ricky O, the story of Ricky. All right, Matt, you ready? You got, uh, right. you got your, uh, you've been practicing your character work? Sure, as always. Spent a lot of time prepping for who dat. All right, good. Let's, uh, let's play around. As I said, Teller's designs are still as impractical as they were during the war. An hydrogen bomb can be made to work, Oppie. You know that. I don't believe we should commit all our resources to that chance. Then how would you have Truman reassure the American people? Simply by limiting the spread of atomic weapons through international control on nuclear energy. By which you mean world government. The United Nations, as Roosevelt intended. Well, I asked what Truman should do, right? The world's change is not fascism, but communism that now threatens our survival. Lewis... Do you understand, if we build a hydrogen bomb, the Russians will have no choice but to build their own. Could they be working on one already? Based on information gathered from a spy at Los Alamos. No spy at Los Alamos. Gentlemen, there wasn't. let's not get sidetracked. I say we use this moment to gain concessions from the Russians by committing that we will not build a hydrogen bomb. Thereby revealing its existence. Which you seem convinced they already know. All right. At this point, I'd like the committee members to meet in privacy to finalize our recommendations. I'm just not sure you want to go down this road. Lewis, with respect, we are the advisory committee. We will give them our advice. So, Matt, Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer, as you heard a clip from there, kicked some butt at the BAFTAs over Mm -hmm. the weekend. 
So you are Christopher Nolan. You can do an English accent or not. I'll let you make that decision. <laughs> Thanks. You seem to be steamrolling to a best director's win. Mm-hmm. Is what I'm hearing, sir. So uh, have you written your acceptance speech yet? What are you thinking? Are you excited? Yeah, I am ex- as excited as I can be as uh, much as my muted robot emotions will allow. I feel like this is my, it was a passion project of mine. I'm glad it's being recognized. And honestly, I, while there is some good, obviously many good films and deserving directors, I believe that I'm a shoe in for best director at this point. I believe that I'm a shoe in <laughs> So you have Justine Chats for Anatomy of a Fall as your competition. Marty. Marty, the far right. moon is part mm-hmm. of your competition. Uh, like like the most, like I'm uh, the like I'm furious uh, for poor things, and then Glazier for uh, zone of interest are all your comp- that is a stacked lineup, sir. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you're it confident. Is. It is. Yeah, I am confident. I think as far as you know, I think there needs to be many of Hollywood films and, and the Oscars. I think that you need that kind of big spectacle film that's also well put together from a directing standpoint i think really the only real competition would be scorsese mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all right we'll see how that goes for you <laughs> thanks all right well i'll skip around a little bit so no, you're chris nolan okay oh, you're talking about um cheerio <laughs> yes exactly um you're you're talking about that you would really like to try your hand at making a horror film so my question to you is are you too much of a robot to make a good horror film all right now, mate. <laughs> I like how he's like, he's like a, like a cockney, you know, chimney sweep from, oh, from right. Mary Poppins. Hello, Mary Poppins. Do I want to make an old film? Well, I want you. <laughs> but that's interesting. Well, I made, I, excuse me. Well, I made the uh, following people. That was kind of spooky. And Memento's got its moments as a bit of a thriller. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, hello, I'm Christopher Nolan. I can do what I want to do. I am a genius. So... See, here's the thing, Matt. I, I go back and forth because you, you think you can get too tied up into in, with certain things, but then you look, look. You did Dunkirk, which is like what ninety right. minutes and it right. just perfectly paced and right. So yeah, I th- oh, I think that I could <laughs> now. I'm Australian. Rise of blades. That's supposedly how you're supposed to get into the Australian accent as you say okay. rise of blades. That's okay. rise of blades. Yeah, no, I think uh, I'm Christopher Nolan. I don't know what the hell you're even talking to here. All right, mm. I made possibly some people consider the definitive superhero film. I made a uh, uh, a story about a guy who made the atomic bomb into one of the most compelling thrillers of the past five years, ten years or so. Right? Uh, no, if I want to make a horror film, I can absolutely do it. Now I got to figure out. I'm looking more. If I'm making one, Matt, I'm doing a gothic haunted house type film. I don't know if I'm making a slasher movie. Yeah, well, I see, but, I was thinking you would lean more towards like a cosmic, uh, unknowable dread, a la Lovecraft kind of thing. That could Something do that really too. Weird. I'm maybe you know trim out all the racist uh, trappings that uh, engulf most of Lovecraft stuff. But uh, 
Yeah, no, I, we could definitely do some kind of cosmic. You know what? Actually, funnily enough, I could see Nolan doing. I'm talking about this on another project I'm working on. I think we are perfectly primed for an invasion of the body snatchers reboot. We're supposed to get one kind of every some few. Not supposed to. We seem to get one though every couple of twenty years to every mm-hmm. few decades. It seems, mm-hmm. and I think we are perfectly in a moment for that film right now. Another version, and I think Nolan would knock that out of the park. So yeah. All right. Yeah, well, I'll make it. I'll make Invasion of the Body Snatches, and I'm going to have me a point. Right. That, I like how that slipped from bad British, like, horrible, like, Talladega Nights extra, like, halfway through there. <laughs> oh, hello! <laughs> yes. All right. What you got for me? You're Johnny Hollywood. Is it Johnny or Jimmy? We really got to settle that. We kind of go back and forth with Johnny and Jimmy. What property would you like to see in the public domain? So we got Winnie the Pooh. Steamboat Willie's now in there. If you could do whatever you wanted, Johnny Hollywood, what property would you put in the public domain so you could go absolutely nuts with it? Or at least people could. Mm. Man, that's a tough question. Well, I, John James Hollywood, <laughs> think uh, that I would like to have anything in the public domain? Any, You pick it, baby. It's something that's currently copyrighted. That uh, you would want to do something with, man. I it's guess too broad I, a question, isn't it? Yeah, it's pretty rough. I mean, I guess if I'm, you know, since I'm John James Hollywood Esquire, I guess I would want something that's like a proven winner and like rested out of Disney's hands. I'd like to get a hold of either, you know, the Star Wars property or mm-hmm. or. Marvel Marvel properties or DC properties. Something that I can really put my own stamp on. We know there's a built-in audience and they just print money. That's what I'd like to put my hands on. All right. I guess that's... Yeah, I was thinking about it. Like, uh, what would be fun? Star Wars would be cool. Indiana Jones might be fun to be able to do a whole bunch of mm. stuff. But then I'm like, no, I don't want anybody touching that. I feel like I, I don't want to see like a, a, a Winnie the Pooh, what is it, Blood and Honey type reboot of uh any of that stuff so that's what i get that's what i get worried about if it was all relatively um benign if not not just benign but like good with good intentions and stuff i think james bond would be great i think there's a lot of different things you could set james bond like into the in the 50s make a black and white film or Mm -hmm. um expand the universe a bit i still think we could have like a we could do a felix lighter thing all that stuff i didn't but that's probably what I would go with. You know what a good one would be? What's that? Um, I don't even know if it is. I guess it can't be. You would think they would have already made it. Uh, Conan? So, like, people could actually make something oh, with yeah. it? Oh, yeah. That's got to be close. I would think. Oh, that's a good one. That might be even better than James Bond. I, that's because I just so desperately want that King Conan film with Schwarzenegger. Mm. Uh, that is a good one. I like that. And Dracula's now open, right? Dracula's been in the public domain for a long time, I believe. Yeah, they're already making another Dracula film. Yeah, yeah it's crazy. Oh, yeah, but it's with um, Luke Besson, which I am mm-hmm. not excited yeah. about. <laughs> at least we get a Nosferatu at the end of the year. So, right, uh, right. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be weird. I wonder it if uh, Chris Tucker will be in it. All right. So, you're uh, Kevin Feige, right? They've talked about how they're going to stop doing so many Marvel films, which I think is a good thing, right? They're not going to release so many in a year. And I think the only one that's coming out this year is Deadpool 3. 
we've got a little bit of a teaser for the Fantastic Four, but Kevin, things have not been been have been a little rocky. How are you writing this ship? Yeah, I think they've already they've already figured that out. It was um, there's just too much content, and now if you're having to tie in stuff from shows to watch for the movies to be included as well, it's. I think they realize we need to slow things down. We got to pump the brakes a little bit here and focus more on more quality storytelling instead of just getting content out. So um, that's what our plan is currently is to focus more on quality entertainment and not so much the quantity of entertainment. Now, one of the big challenges I think we have that I'm hoping we're going to fix now with the introduction of our Fantastic Four cast is uh, and then of course the the bringing in of the x-men stuff too is i think we've uh, we've realized that we didn't have a basis going forward the audience isn't there for a non chris evans non robert downey jr kind of captain america iron man led avengers team i just don't think it's there Mm-hmm. So we need to bring in someone else to kind of pick that up. So we have another mm-hmm. established property, which is a Fantastic Four. And we're going to basically start over with them and with the X-Men. Mm-hmm. And that way we'll get another 10, 20-year run. And then maybe we'll just reboot the whole damn thing. But these this third string versions of these heroes, unfortunately, I just don't think the investment is there for some. Plus, they don't honestly, a lot of the, there, there isn't a the star wattage right. that we had with Robert Downey Jr., now, granted, Chris Evans didn't have gigantic star waters before yeah. that. He was a good actor who showed up and stuff, but I just think that's the real core of it, Matt, is I think I realized now when I was when I was looking at the Fantastic Four casting mm-hmm. that that's what it is, is that it's there isn't like an Iron Man, a Captain America. They're there, but they're not the there. big, big names. Right. Yeah, I think, uh, I think doing like a soft reboot and kind of reset it is probably the right thing to do at this point. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. Are you excited about the Fantastic Four cast? I think it's fine. Yeah, I think it's I like Pascal. I, I love Pedro. So yeah, I mean, I, I I'm fine with the casting or whatever. I'm intrigued to see that it looks like they're going back to like you know 50s, 60s time frame. So I'll be curious to see what that's like. Yeah, and I, now I'm just waiting on Doctor Doom. I mm. can, uh, that's the big casting. I think that I'm can't wait to see what they end up doing. All right, Matt. Here's your last one for me. This just pains me because there was an interview with her. She mentioned it the other day, and I still I we're three years out now. Barbara Broccoli, no Bond updates, nothing. They have done nothing for the next Bond film. My clock is ticking, Matt. I'm going to be 49 this year. <laughs> when I was a kid, we got a Bond film basically every two years before even right. before that. Mm-hmm. Now I know they got to let things sit for a bit, kind of build up anticipation, maybe. But if we haven't done anything in three years, we're at least three to five years away from another film. If they start today, I think. Mm-hmm. What's what's going on, Babs? Well, we haven't really discovered the right lead. People are there. Seems to be some dispute on who should be the next James Bond, and I think once we can do that things will kind of fall into place. And I am I think that also is kind of being led by, I'm not sure what the direction we want to go in. I mean, obviously we've had different eras of Bond with different ways of approaching the material. And it's interesting to see which one are we going to go back to? More of a suave, 
Sean Connery type Bond? Are we going to do a more silly Roger Moore Bond? Or, and we just got done doing the more contemporary violent Bond in Daniel Craig. So what are we going to go with now? Something we have to decide what is the audience ready for? And we're having some dis some dispute and trying to figure out what, uh, how to bring Bond into this next century. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big problem. Is it? I'm not sure they know where to go. Mm -hmm. I think that's the big challenge right now. And it's just sad for me. <laughs> and they're absolute. Listen, I get the purity of it, of not wanting to expand the bond universe, you know, yeah. although I'm sure Amazon may have been ticked off once they bought MGM thinking they were right. going to have access to all this stuff. And they're right. like, no, we're not going to do a, Felix Leiter show. We're not going to. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, still, it's uh, it's rough. It's rough. I guess they, you know, they're not sure what they want to go. They did the gritty Bond. And I guess they're struggling with what the next move is, but the next direction, like you said. All right. So the last one here yeah. then, is um, your celebrated weirdo, Paul Verhoeven. Uh -huh, sure. Are yeah. we ever going to get another sci-fi satire masterpiece out of you? Is he? He's German, right? Was he? No, he's not. He's like Dutch. Danish. He's Dutch. Dutch. Yeah. What's Dutch? What's a Dutch accent? I have no idea. I'll just do a Swedish chef. <laughs> Close enough. Close enough. Uh, well, you know, you got, listen, I'm not exactly a spring chicken either, mm -hmm. you know? And I gave you Benedetta, which is all mm -hmm. kind of crazy, psychosexual, religious stuff that all the kids seem to love nowadays. Mm -hmm. I am frustrated that people don't seem to get Starship Troopers. I think media literacy in this country, if not this planet, is close to dead. And uh, but we getting another film like a sci-fi political commentary satire type of thing. Yeah, I mean they got one more in me. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it would be. Maybe I can work with Christopher Nolan and we can do a uh, Lovecraftian. I don't. I don't know. I'm mean, sure, Matt. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it would be. What's another uh, sci-fi property that you'd like to see adapted from a um, Highland was like a big fascist right he was a, not a great guy either or uh yeah he was he was pretty much a nationalist that's for sure nationalist? yeah yeah you know but i mean yeah you got you know you get total recall you got you know robocop you got starship troopers i don't know what it would be what would yeah, you're be more you read thing? a lot more than me yeah i don't know if there's yeah. any properties that you'd like to see verhoven get his hands on like a showgirls yeah. 2 maybe <laughs> hell i'll even take a showgirls 2 at this point i think that would be amazing if they went and followed up with uh, with uh, those with berkeley gets cybernetic implants and... <laughs> Could yeah, maybe he's gonna like redo one of uh, the Cronenberg films. He's gonna like make Videodrome for the modern age or something. Ooh, like that'd that. be good. As long as yeah. he shoots uh, James Woods in it at some point, that's not. Sure. I shouldn't say that. That's no. We don't need to give James Woods any more work. Yeah, let's give not keep that guy from getting exposed. Yeah, no, yeah, sure. Why not? Just give me a property, and if I'm intrigued by it, I just don't read enough sci-fi. I don't read enough generally because of problem. Mm. So mm -hmm. fair enough. Fair to think. What about? I'll do a Tron movie. That'll really break That'll the brains minds. of some kids. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. There you we go. could do like uh, some William Gibson. You could do like a Neuromancer or something like that. Sure. Or maybe not? some Neil Stevenson. I'll do a big budget Guyver film. What do you think of that? <laughs> Fantastic. Fantastic. Okay. All right. Solved. <laughs> Good. That is settled. All right. That's uh, uh, a... I think a middling to good episode of uh, Who Dot and uh, this is the show in general. <laughs> So who should we play next time? Shoot us an email, feedback at thefirstrun.com. Matt, what's coming up on the show next week? Well, we're checking out uh, Driveaway Dolls, um, one half of the Coen Brothers, Ethan Coen's next film. Um, and then again, 
We're not quite sure what we're going to pair with that, but uh, we'll figure something out. That sounds wonderful. Mm -hmm. In the meantime, you can check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Do a search for The First Run. Scroll, scroll, scroll. Eventually you'll find us. Head over to Apple Podcasts. Give us a review. Help other people find the show. And it'll make me happy. And I guess that'll be it. In the meantime, take care of yourselves. We love you very much. And we will see you soon. He was in the Amazon with my mom when she was researching spiders right before she died.